1: Hello everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon and this is Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. First and foremost, I want to thank everyone who's listening for your patience while we've taken this brief hiatus from new episodes, you know, with the press schedule for All-Star 7 and DragCon and my busy tour schedule it just all added up to me not being able to get new episodes out to you just yet. But your patience and loyalty to the Hijinx podcast is greatly appreciated, and I promise new episodes are right around the corner. In the meantime, please enjoy today's Replay episode of my interview with fellow All Star 7 cast member and sister winner Monet Exchange. I hope you enjoy this revisit to Monet's episode, and I hope you are ready to watch us both as well as all of our fellow sister winners this Friday for the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All Star 7. We will have new episodes for you again starting next week, and of course, I will be sharing my experiences on All Stars 7 as frequently as possible, because I'll be watching it with you in real time. Until then, please feel free to revisit all of your favorite episodes of Jinks, and we will have new guests, new conversations, and new Jinks for you starting next week. Until then, enjoy the premiere of RuPaul's Drag Race All Star 7 exclusively on Paramount Plus. M.
2: Oh, M. Mom!
1: Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today we are joined by drag queen, podcaster, recording artist, and spokesmodel, Monet Exchange. Hi, Monet. Hi
0: Jinx! <laughs> did I did I did I get the hi right? Hi, hi Jinx!
1: Hi Jinx! <laughs> yeah, it was perfect. <laughs> well, I have to say, Monet, I'm intimidated um, having you oh. on um, my podcast because you host your own um, streaming show, uh, The yeah. Exchange Rate. I've mm-hmm. I've been your guest twice, and honestly, and now, both times and now you're we're on, flipping the script. <laughs> both times you won
0: exchange rate. They were so delightful because you are legitimately one of the funniest people ever, and you're just so funny, and <laughs> it was it was great. Both times were great. I, obviously, I love the time in studio more, but yeah. they were both phenomenal.
1: Well, um, that in studio one, I show that video to friends sometimes. Of like, can you just watch watch what I do in this interview? <laughs> And we skip ahead to when um, we were playing a trivia game. Oh, yeah! And the reward for the trivia, <laughs> for getting the answers right, was y'all took a shot. But since <laughs> I don't drink anymore, I pulled out my um, weed vape pen and yes. I would take a hit of that. Now, <laughs> what we've noticed upon reviewing this clip <laughs> what? is that... No, is that I start smoking like immediately or once oh. I have the one puff, I'm just continually <laughs> smoking and I clock myself like taking hits throughout the rest of the interview <laughs> and there reaches a point where I'm so stoned that I start getting tongue tied and I think that... I think, oh, I've got to get rid of this weed pin because I cannot get any more stone than this. And out of nowhere, like a bear catching a salmon in a river, <laughs> I smack this weed pin into the audience.
0: Yes, <laughs> yes, I remember flying. that part.
1: Um, and so now I watch that. Have you ever seen the movie Beaches? Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, when CeCe Bloom watches herself and she's like, don't say it, don't <laughs> say it. C. C. <laughs> That's become one of my um, CeCe Bloom moments in life. So thank you for giving that to me.
0: Of course. Thank uh, you for, for being there for it. I appreciate it. <laughs>
1: Um, who's the most wild guest? The most like it blew your mind to have that person as a guest on on your talk show.
0: Oh, it was one thousand percent RuPaul because I mean, you and I both know Ru does not do loads of canoodling with us (laughs) after the show. Um, so when it was, you mean you
1: weren't there for game night?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to be invited to. Fucking game! I know God, Mick is gonna go. I know God, Mick is gonna. I've
1: only invite. heard rumors of this game night. I don't. I don't know if I even fully believe the legends of. No, they RuPaul's definitely happen because I
0: like oh, other like celebrities that told me about it. Like even oh. even even among like celebrities, they're like, I want to be invited to Ruth's game night. So I think it's definitely a thing. Um, but. I, probably since COVID, they probably don't do it anymore. But if they do, I know Gutmick is going to get is gonna get an invite, and I'm very jealous. Anyway, um, <laughs> RuPaul was probably my – I was so excited about it. It was coming to uh, Pride season. He was doing press for his talk show that was going on at the time. Mm-hmm. And then they were asking me, like, who I want who I was thinking about for guests. And I was like, well, I mean, I was like, I know this is not going to happen, but, but I just want to say this in this meeting so that I know I said mm-hmm. it and, like, whatever happens, happens. And I was like, I would love to get RuPaul. And they were like, I think we can make that happen. I was like, really? <laughs> And then, like, two weeks later, they're, like, ruse books. And I was, like, shut the... F-. It was only, like, my third... I had only done, like, two episodes. So it was only, like, my third episode. And I was, like, oh, my God. I was, like, this is insane. And I went backstage to the green room. And he was, like, I literally... So he's sitting in his, like, space, whatever. And I walk mm-hmm. in. Because I meet all the... As you know, I chat I with all the guests before. And I walk in. Mm-hmm. he goes, Monet Exchange, This bitch done <laughs> got a talk show. And I was, like, oh, my... G-. It just felt so good. And it was such a fun... but. Rue was, it was incredible to have Rue at the show.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, what a coup. Um, You know, I remember um, season five when Alyssa, (laughs) when they were beginning um, to produce Alyssa's Secret. Mm. And Rue took Alyssa as her date. For what? as Rue's date for some award show or something, um, not date date, you know. Right, like, right, right. But like they walk the red carpet together. Really? And Alyssa's just grinning from ear to ear.
0: Whoa! <laughs> and
1: there's these little moments here and there where yes, Rue intermingles with. And I love with, it. I with love the it. children.
0: <laughs> but you know what? But there are so many girls who go on the show and think that Rue owes them something after the show. I'm mm. um, like, bitch, he brought you to Hollywood and he put you on international internet television. He that, that that is literally the only thing that you are that that. First of all, you won't owe that. You got that. You know what I mean? But some of these girls swear that Rue they should be getting Rue's number. Rue should be checking in on them. It's like no, like what? 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 What is this delusion? Tyra Banks ain't chilling with the models at uh, at, at service you know, what I mean? like, what are y'all talking about? It's crazy. I am,
1: um, I. Uh, yeah, I've I've just always been grateful that I've had nothing but positive, um, pleasant interactions with yeah. Rue. And, you know, it's been here and there throughout the last decade. You know, I might do um, Rue's podcast here and then I guested it on Drag Race one season as a coach, you know. So uh-huh. I've had these little fleeting moments, but they're always so pleasant. And whenever yeah. we're just shooting the shit... I'm like, am I really just making small talk with, <laughs> with Rue crazy. right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it's
2: crazy.
1: Um Oh, yeah, like I got to tell her backstage on AJ and the Queen that I performed Call Me Mother and how hard it was to learn the words to that <laughs> song. And Rue was like, um I don't think I ever learned the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I I think I'm all stars for he's I think
0: that came from a conversation too, and someone said call me mother he was like and it was something to that effect of like, bitch, I still don't know those words or something like that. That's so funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um and that's arguably one of my favorite um RuPaul yeah. songs. That one in Peanut Butter. I wanted that's to see, anyway. Is there a link to
0: I need to see the the footage of you doing Call Me Mother. I like I need to see it. I, like I need it in my Oh, veins.
1: you can it's <laughs> I ended up not lip syncing it. I ended up just dancing to it because <laughs> I was like, better to just like make a choice not to lip sync to it than have everyone clock me like watermelon <laughs> <laughs> bubblegumming oh, my way sure. through it. But um, it's such a ridiculous number, Monet. I was... Dressed as Mom from Futurama, the character Mom Mark. from Futurama, doing Call Me Mother and um, When You're Good to Mama. And so I start out in the big like old lady fat suit and then mm-hmm. I throw it off and it's just, and I'm talking no corset. It is just my body in a purple cat suit. And... Um... <laughs> <laughs> and um then it's f- three and a half minutes of me doing call me mother doing what jinx calls voguing which is not voguing <laughs> you know what it's voguing it's, to someone and that's all that matters it's me like doing a little cat, cat, cat,
2: cat, 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 cow <laughs>
1: and then followed by like a minute of catching my breath and then another 10 seconds of cat, 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 cow we're good to work, work, bitch, work. I I, I enjoyed it. It was a fun (laughs) tour. It was Halloween. You know, Halloween. What other... When, when else should you make an ass of yourself if not Halloween? <laughs> I love that you and I,
0: I think because you and I, are, I like this too. Like, we really make it a point to always, like, not always, but like for the for the mm-hmm. most part, when, when we go out in drag, we always wear a, um some corsetry because mm-hmm. like, and, and again, and there's this new school of, of queens who don't, which is fine too. But I just love that you and I have that in common. We are, and Bob as well. A lot, even yeah.
2: there, people like to say,
0: oh, well, I, I'm skinny. I don't have to. I'm like, bitch, Naomi Smalls wears a corset Every time she gets in drag. It yeah. doesn't have how big or uh, Alaska small Alaska,
1: too. I mean, Alaska's corset, she could use as a hula hoop half the time. <laughs> 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 but um, I think there is something about, like, I feel most in drag when I'm yes. wearing a corset. For like, sure. It, I don't feel like I have to think about being in character. Because when I have the wig at the heels and the corset on, everything else just comes naturally. For sure. For sure. And, I mean, there was, you know, I used to be. Mm, a thin little <laughs> Twinkie queen, and I got away with just wearing a, you know, a Spanx body suit to, to hold my pads in place, and that was it. But those days are gone, and I don't miss them because I, I think my new motto right now is: I'm older, I'm fatter, I'm sober, and I'm at the top of my game. <laughs>
0: Well, unlike you, I've never been a skinny, twinkie, anything that can literally, I have been this size since I was two years old. So I've never lived that fantasy. But, um, you know.
2: Good,
1: good, good, good. You around two years old.
2: <laughs>
1: six foot six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love you so much, Monet. Renee. So you've got you've got this talk show on the Build Network. You also, of course, are um, just climbing the charts in the podcast arena with sibling rivalry. Um, so you and Bob, would you would you consider yourselves? chosen siblings is is the family um connection uh part of the drag persona or does it run deep is it is it a part of life oh <laughs>
0: as soon as the podcast stops i don't talk to bob until the next episode <laughs> i have no desire i don't want to see her speak to her like no um no bob and i have been best friends since 2013 and it just started bob started helping me out with drag stuff and we just built a relationship through there, and. Bob got on Drag Race and then I got on Drag Race and it just you know our 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 journeys seem to parallel each other um, oftentimes mm-hmm. and um, we really are like that thing of chosen family is so real for us because uh, but and people think that oftentimes think that we are real siblings and we are not Bob and I are not anywhere close <laughs> to being real siblings but it feels like we are in 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 um under the the umbrella of chosen family because Mm. Bob is we have chosen each other to be family like I talk to Bob's mom often uh uh we I know we know each other's families like we 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 really are that and Bob is one of my biggest support systems and I his and he really we are there for each other all the time and we fight like as if you listen to the podcast you know we fight a lot just like you do with your older brother and or your older sister or your older um a sibling, so yeah, we 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 really do embody all of the things in the under the siblingnesses of it all, <laughs> and we really love I, each other.
1: I completely understand and relate to all of that because it's it's funny hearing you list you know moments and significant things from your. Friendship and relationship with Bob. And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's just like Dela and I. You know, Mm. we are the white Bob and Monet, and everyone says so. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, do you see? I I feel like you and Dela don't fight a lot, though. Do y'all fight a lot? Well, we fight like how you fight from the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> which is lots of backhanded compliments and passive aggressiveness, you know? I was just thinking about the fact that there's so many parallels between you and Bob and your chosen sibling, Ness, mm-hmm. and mine and Dela's, and we were on opposite coasts <laughs> forming these relationships. Mm-hmm. And, you know, then it um, Drag Race took these relationships to a, a worldwide level, and here we are. Uh, This you know, sisterhood for all to see. (laughs) And honestly, the journeys are
0: similar. If if Dale, because we, like, full T, we all know, if Dale would have stayed on All-Stars 3, she would have won. And it would have been Mm -hmm. the same thing. You would have won your original season. Bob won his original season. Dale won All-Stars. And I won All-Stars. Okay, now you're
1: speaking it into existence and, like, (laughs) tomorrow there's gonna be a Reddit sub... Plot about this. I don't know. I don't go on Reddit. Subplot? What are those called? <laughs> Subtweet. Subreddit. Sub- oh, so sub- subreddit. Yeah, subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Girl. Well, you brought it up. You won all stars. Um, so let's talk about that a little bit. Now, I um, I have to imagine there's a lot of similarities, but also a lot of things that are very different. I've never been on an all stars. Yeah. Um, but, you know... I was on season five. I did win the first time. so
0: (laughs) Okay. So are you one of those girls? So do you think that Drag Race and All Stars are different shows?
1: No. No. I mean, I think. I know that Bob thinks that. And sometimes I'm like, well, she's on to something. And sometimes I'm like, you're just a contrarian asshole. (laughs) (laughs) But um, (laughs) no, I think, I mean, I definitely feel like. All Stars is a spin off. You for know, sure. it has its own flavor. It's not. It's not. You know, it's not a sequel. It's. It's a. It's a companion piece. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. And it, it's just a different vibe when you already know everyone. You know. Yeah. yeah. And once you become part of the 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 Rue Girl pantheon, it's hard not to know everything about all the other girls. You know. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Um, what was the biggest, like, positive difference um, between doing your first season and doing All-Stars?
0: Mm.
1: My, the biggest positive difference? I would say I came in
0: with more sense of self. I feel like mm-hmm. even I do this thing on my YouTube where I, like, go back and review all, my old audition tapes. I did season six season mm-hmm. seven, and seven. I'm doing season eight. And, like, in all those seasons and even season 10, I was shr- I was being me. But especially on, in the ones before I got on the show, I was trying to do like this like drag thing, like what I thought would be like how I wanted to be, how I wanted people to perceive me. Where in season ten, I again I was being myself, but I I still see hints of that. And going into All Stars, I was like fully myself. I was like I'm gonna be big and loud and 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 do all the things that I love about myself and do. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was probably the biggest change. Is like season four, I felt like fully realized and like a full drag queen person creature thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, it is kind of funny because, you know, I remember one of the, like, things, one of the catty little things we would say in the workroom to each other, um... Is because you know, everyone's at different stages with their drag when they get mm. their chance to go on drag race. Not everyone's been doing it for 40 years or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. Everyone's at different level of polish. And I remember some of the queens from my season, I won't call any of them out, but saying things like, You should already be done by the time you get here. Like this is not finishing school, this is not charm school, and it's kind of like. Are we ever done? You right. know, because I thought I knew everything about drag five years ago, mm-hmm. and now there's lace front eye- eyebrows, and I can't <laughs> keep up. <laughs> you know?
0: Which, that is a, f- a fad, or a- I am not into that at all. I think Placique TR is the only one who I've seen do it successfully. Bob tried it, and they were literally like caterpillars <laughs> on his forehead. It was, even Brooklyn ice used to do it, and she was like, girl, no. Like, I stuck, I looked Bob crazy. Bob,
1: makeup expert Bob, the drag queen, <laughs> tried it, and it didn't work
0: Girl, out. that's the, I'm like, people already talk about your makeup, and now you have a YouTube series where you're an anti-beauty guru. Bitch, you, you've been an anti-beauty guru, okay? You definitely are not the beauty guru. <laughs> So I'm like what are you doing? Uh, anyway, yeah.
1: Um so and uh, what would you say was the hardest uh, the hardest difference between the first time Ooh. and the second time or was the, it all positive? No, the hardest difference is that everybody had money. Like in
0: season 10, like a lot of us, <laughs> like a lot of us, you know, we were Regular like queens like either you are working two nights a week since some, some didn't work in as queens at all I mm-hmm. I was working six nights but like we were all like tr- like trying to make it whereas in all stars bitch everybody's been touring the world they've done the itd tour they've toured with holy T and 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 performed at gay and they've done the like they've they've made money so everyone is coming in like oh bitch I have coins but you know what what yeah. what, what 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 I will tell you is that just because you got coins don't mean you have taste and I think that um that materialized a lot.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah i think sometimes i mean once you go on drag race there is an impetus to like enter the next stage of your drag whatever that may be i mm-hmm. think for some people it's about becoming more polished for some people it's about kind of like um finding their niche in the drag community you know yeah. because yeah there's so many of us now. and and nowadays, you know, like the the diehard fans are finding queens to celebrate that haven't even been on drag race. Yeah. so yeah. you know you gotta find your place or or you're gonna get, uh, I don't know, folded folded sure. into it. <laughs> For sure. I was just
0: on Instagram earlier and I realized because, because of Drag Race is obviously a hugely impactful show in, especially in terms of drag and queerness, whatever. I was looking on Instagram and on my explore page a queen called Sagittaria popped up and I was like
2: is this?
0: <laughs> and she's a skinny white well, mm-hmm. she's from Spain so she's probably a, a skinny Spanish uh white passing twink with like a long <laughs> blonde platinum aquaria. I mean, it was literally Aquaria, but not Aquaria because no shade. And Espanol. And and Espanol. (laughs) No shade. Aquaria is so immaculate and she's so put together and she does everything so well. And -hmm. this queen seems like a younger queen. They're still like finding themselves or trying to replicate someone else. And it was just so interesting (laughs) that she calls herself Sagittarius. I was like, this is why can you imagine someone was called Minx and they and they Minx only wore uh, minks johnson they only wore uh, uh, uh i don't know burgundy hair and they uh they sang live and like could you imagine that would be so weird i'll be so crazy
1: um well then i i mean my first question is um how were they doing Sagittarius before aquaria no. or no, so they started afterward. Yeah, I mean, it kind of sounds like, oh, are we... So, I mean, I guess that's where we're at. We're yeah. like, um, there's... I, I mean, I... I know that I was inspired to do drag and that my drag is similar to Queens That Came Before Me. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of had the decision to be a redhead independent from the fact that Varla Jean Merman is a strict no, redhead. No, you, st- you,
0: you stole her act. We all know the story, baby. We well, all know that's the thing.
1: That's the thing is, the <laughs> thing is you, can't, you can't say that it wasn't an influence because she's mm-hmm. always been a part of my drag education. So yeah, yeah. maybe she did have an influence on that and maybe it wasn't a conscious decision. But if we're at the point now where we're literally parodying other, <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> Sag- I, but the gag is jinx. She's not even Sagittarius. <laughs> she is like, <laughs> I'm like, be get, girl if you're Pisces, be Pisistria or something. <laughs>
1: Pisestria,
0: Leondria I don't know, Tor- Toria. I don't know. But she's not even a, a Sagittarius. I'm like Aquarius is an Aquari- uh, Aquarius, Aquarius an Aquarius. Like, you know, I mean, well, at least do that.
1: Uh-huh. I'm gonna give. Our um, our our new sister in Spain is it, Sp- <laughs> Sp- Spain? That's Spain, right? That's- <laughs> <laughs> this is in Spain, right? Yeah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and say I'll wait until we can see um what she brings to the show. Yeah um to, I'm excited. to, to make any sweeping judgments about it. Yeah,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, listen. Y'all know James is a nice gal. I am a rotted, <laughs> nasty fucking dumb bitch. So no. I, I, no shade to Sagittarius. I just find it so interesting.
1: Um well, I don't know. I mean, there are some out there who would say that you are um rotted and <laughs> Oh for sure. Too for opinionated. Sure. But I just find those things. I mean, it's difficult right now because um I just where are we at with comedy? Are we allowed to still make jokes at all?
2: I don't <laughs> like, know. Like I have
1: been I have been a big advocate for let's update the world of comedy so that we are not uh, so the joke doesn't have to be at someone's expense. But then there is the fact that, like, we are drag queens. We have to be able to kind of run our mouths a little bit. Yeah. That's like what we've... That's how, that's what how it... That's a part of our history. <laughs> yeah, And you know what? And you—you you were someone who
0: really ma- who really made me think about that because when I did that infamous um, Haters' Roast tour, which I—I um, went to go do my Madonna video where I was in it for literally <laughs> .32 seconds, baby. <laughs> oh yeah. I was when I left the tour. Um, Jinx, when we started at Haters' Roast, it was my first Haters' Roast. I remember you made the you made the conscious thing. You're like, I'm not going to make these kind of jokes. And I was like, how? Then what is she gonna do? And you, your set was great. It was so good. All of your jokes were not people's expense but it was still one of the best sets on the fucking tour so I didn't even know that that was possible until I saw you do that and I was like oh my god maybe I should rethink how I do my jokes and I have (laughs) a lot
1: well I mean I think there's a big thing about like you know my goal on the roast tours has always been I don't want to make jokes about groups of people Mm -hmm. I don't want to punch down I don't want to further marginalize marginalized groups Mm -hmm. but For my sisters on stage who have consented to me reading them, Mm -hmm. you know let's we can still make jokes about each other yeah and so all my jokes were really about the character of each person not yeah. about their um which is harder to do it's it's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's way
0: harder to craft jokes around like a, a person their, and they and like not 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 the experience but like who they are you know what i mean so and that's mm-hmm. way harder to do then anyone can do a fat joke anyone can say a black joke an asian whatever but to yeah. craft jokes that aren't just that is way harder to do and i was like Jinx, better fucking do it
1: I remember when I told Latrice, I will say I did, you know, make a couple, um, um, you know, I think tastefully uh, funny sized jokes about Latrice. And the reason being there is that when I told Latrice, you know, I'm not going to make any fat jokes because I just don't want to contribute to that. Latrice raises one eyebrow, <laughs> and leans into me and says, you're so stupid, how are you going to go on stage and not make one fat joke about me? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs>
1: she was like, everyone's going to think you're dumb. <laughs> like...
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> again, and like, like you said, mm-hmm. on a roast,
0: everyone is consenting to this. We all know what's, what, the, what the plan is. Mm-hmm. But I just think it was just really brilliant of you to do it that way. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. This bitch going to come up here and tell a, a patty cake story. What is you going to do? <laughs> a patty cake story. And then the first night, I was like, I was eating my words. I'm like, this was brilliant.
1: Oh well thank you. Yeah, the the first time we ever did the roast, I was really trying to I, I was like they told us that we could roast anything. It doesn't didn't necessarily have to be the girls on stage. But what we quickly found out was that's what's fun to do. You oh, know? for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so I think I wrote a like a, a set about airports and what I hate about airports and then Bob went after me and was like I hope the airports aren't in the audience tonight everyone watch out Jinx has got the hot takes on the airports and then I was like nah I need to make some jokes about these on stage with me. <laughs> but I've always felt like by the end of the haters rose Tour, those people I anyone I do that tour with become some of my favorite people to perform with because it is such an act of vulnerability and trust when you allow your friends to get up and just put you on blast like oh, that. Oh, for
2: sure. <laughs> a thousand percent
1: Yeah. I mean, but honestly, now,
0: that is that's literally me and Bob's. That our entire relationship is just a roast. We're like constantly roasting each other. So, and also, that's like my I'm bringing in my family. My family is very like that. We well, like I have I literally, like I know you're looking at me, you probably like, yeah, you do. But I really ha- I have really thick and tough skin. And you're like, yeah, yeah, you look, you look real reptilian today. Um but I and like that's just how my that's just how my that's how I was raised. Like that's our dynamic. Like we've yeah. always, like we just make like just so it really takes a lot to hurt my feelings or get at me. Like it, it really takes like a lot. I don't wanna say more than the average person, because I don't know what everyone's threshold is. But like regular jokes just don't work on me. Like I like people at roast. I want people to go in on me and make me because I yeah. love laughing at myself. It's my favorite thing.
1: I really do, too. I think I can be sensitive sometimes when it's strangers making just really mean comments about me because I'm kind of right. like what 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 did I do that made this person feel so passionately angry at me that they <laughs> yeah. had to find a way to make me see their opinion? Um, and, you know, I I was definitely um, more sensitive to it early on. You know, you uh, after I've been doing this for, like, nine years now, oh God, I, I wouldn't have wild. survived if I didn't just, like, learn how to compartmentalize hate, you know? <laughs> that's
0: wild that you've been doing it for uh. so long, James.
1: But, I mean, that's only that's only a handful more years than you. I don't know. Time is so irrelevant these days. It's like you've been um, doing it at this level for less time than me, but you like we're peers, you know, like it doesn't really matter how long you're doing it. The talent floats to the top.
2: You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure.
1: I'm like, don't make me list all your accomplishments again. <laughs> <laughs> Um, now you are a singer, a dancer, you, you, you're trained in opera. Um, how, how, how have you balanced that love? The, these, these contrasting loves throughout your life. Have you found ways to work opera into your drag and vice versa?
0: Um, you know, that's interesting. I will say I have not really done like the last time I did opera seriously in any real way Mm -hmm. was when I was at Portland Opera to go. Um, uh, uh, over there in um in Portland at at the fucking Portland Opera in downtown Portland. <laughs> How many times? My little Portland. Portland? Yeah, in your little Portland. <laughs> which I lo- okay. I don't know. Portland, in in my opinion, in one of the states in America that has some of the best dick. I had. I had. <laughs> <with Portland.
1: laughs> I think. I I think yes. I agree, and I think also you're biased because you're. I think. You're pretty into, like, the hippie stoner boys, aren't you? For sure, yeah. <laughs> that's why our trade keeps overlapping when we <laughs> tour together.
2: <laughs> oh, my God! That's tour so <laughs> good time in Australia! <laughs>
1: <laughs> we had this I time on tour in that. Australia. I forgot about that.
0: Yes, please tell it. We I were
1: forgot. both talking to the same guy. <laughs> We were, we had just gotten into the next city. I don't remember a lot of the de- details, but anyway, I was talking to this guy on Grinder and almost had him over, but then decided I really needed a nap more than I needed Dick that afternoon. So then when I'm going for our call for the bus later, that guy's just in the hotel and we end up in the <laughs> elevator together. And I'm like, wait. I we didn't end up meeting up what's he doing here and then he kind of just goes oh hey Jinx so I was also talking to Monet <laughs> 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 oh wait this was Australia so he was like I was also talking to Monet <laughs>
0: <laughs> can I tell you I still talk to him to this day and like we like every time I go to Australia I, I I meet up with him and like he's we're literally he's always like I'm gonna move to America we're gonna get married all this stuff <laughs> he, Like I like still actually talk to this guy often
1: do you know? I mean, like, I am no stranger to tour trade, to to, to road trade, mm-hmm. um, and but there's also times where I'm just like, okay, grinder is not bringing, <laughs> not oh. bringing enough good into my life that I should keep this app,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I always do because I would say, you know, there are those people you meet. Through Grindr that you wouldn't have met otherwise mm-hmm. that you are so glad you met. For sure. And Grindr has just as much potential as any other thing For sure. to bring really good people into your life. <laughs> Girl, a
0: lot of my friends that are married or in long-term committed relationships, bitch, they all met on Grinder. They all met on Grinder. <laughs>
1: We Literally. use what tools are available to us, you for sure. know. For sure. I mean, that's why bars are so important to queer people, because for the longest time, bars were the only place we could congregate. Yeah. And, you know, um, of course, that's a big part of our queer history. But it's like, you know, the, the new wave of like family friendly gays. They might look at bars as like a house of debauchery, but it's like, that's all we had for the longest time. Don't call us sluts for upholding the history of Hello. sex positivity we Hello. we possess as queer people. <laughs> uh, um,
0: oh, yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, Portland was like... <laughs> we were
1: talking about <laughs> opera. I forgot. We forgot opera. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Portland, when I was in Portland, that was in 2012 and 2013, was the last time I did opera in like, any like, real way. And mm-hmm. I really want to find a way to integrate it back into my act. But I'm also, like, I have not had a voice lesson since I graduated college in 2012. So I'm, like, I... But also, male singers like, basses and um, and tenors, uh, specifically, their voices mature. Like, when, you, when you're 30, that's when your voice mm-hmm. is finally, like, here. So in theory, I'm, like, here now. So I, mm-hmm. I, I was talking about, I was like, I want to take, like, six months off of drag and just concentrate on just doing like voice lessons for real practicing Cause that's another mm-hmm. thing people are like oh you can just take voices I'm like no but the how you get really good at singing is you take your lessons and bitch you pra- you're practicing every day like it's a 9 to 5 job like because again they're two they're two tiny muscles the size of dimes in your throat that make you <laughs> that allow you to sing you know what I mean so it's like, you, like you're working those muscles and when you don't do it for a while you lose that so I want to yeah. do it more. I really want to, uh, uh, and I've, I've gotten so many operas from, so many offers from different, like Houston Grand, reached out to me about some stuff, and um, and um, the Met did about some stuff too. But I'm like, I can't go into these places sounding crazy <laughs> with some of the greatest opera singers <laughs> in the entire world. Like, no, I'm not going to embarrass myself like that. So I really want to do that for myself. I really want to jinx. Thank you. For I want that for remember. you
1: too. Um, because I remember thinking. That to be an actor, I had to give up drag, and I really was prepared to give up drag mm-hmm. to focus on my acting career. But after college, most of my work in theater was playing female roles because they knew I did drag. Mm. And let's face it, I wasn't like getting called in for a lot of butch macho roles <laughs> anyway. You know, so um, I could totally
0: see you playing the lead in, you know, Green Lantern. Like you could be Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs>
2: You, you,
1: know <laughs> you know that stage hit,
2: know
1: that Broadway jinxed,
0: classic. But they were missing you. If you were in it, baby, they would have been. It would have been a box <laughs> office of smash.
1: <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, I think I think one of the wonderful things about the 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 progression of drag and the evolution of drag is its ability to commingle with. What was previously thought of as the legitimate art forms, you know? Yeah. I mean, if we're gonna let people become famous for doing, you know, morning routine videos, then there's no reason a drag queen can't uh, perform in the opera, oh, the for Philharmonic. Sure.
0: <laughs> for sure, for sure. You're right. I agree. I honestly agree. I agree.
1: Now, you have never been shy about standing up for yourself or clapping back online. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about social media in general? And this is, we were talking about this briefly before. I don't know how much, I don't want to date this episode by bringing up the, <laughs> the recent <laughs> drama you've had. Uh-huh. But if you, if you need a space to talk about it, I'm here to listen. <laughs>
0: well, you know, I haven't really done any besides on on, on on my podcast and um, honestly we kept it like Patreon exclusive because because that's another thing like it was, I was, I, I got enveloped in all this drama with Tamisha Mon and the Vixen whatever and then when I put on my Patreon, people were like, how dare you put this behind a paywall? I'm like, so you're trying to profit off of my trauma and bitch, you, I am gonna fucking monetize off my goddamn trauma. I'm, I'm, it's, it's not for free. If you want to hear my opinions about people talking shit about me, you can pay for it. And they did. So, um, so I haven't really talked about it but I mean, I, so the crazy thing is this this whole thing happened, you know, a few weeks ago, whatever, and I just don't, it just it came out of nowhere, and as you, and when all that was happening, I was getting so many texts. Like I can count at least like 18 girls like were messaging me like, girl, I don't know what's going on. And I just want (laughs) to let you know, you're really one of the nicest Queens. I know you are, you are like, I, I, like, I don't know where this is coming from. This person clearly doesn't know you. So, and these are Queens who, some who I, I am, I am super familiar with. I work with a lot. And some who I met like once or twice, you know what I mean? But, I, the the general consensus was you are a nice person this person is crazy so when i see stuff like that cuz cuz then you have you, you do those mental gymnastics right you're like well am i this like nasty trolly person am i <laughs> do i have these really nefarious intentions and i didn't realize and i'm like no i really don't so it was nice to get those affirmations from friends yeah. and associates but i try my best to stay out of it and to not comment on it but sometimes you also have that thing of if i don't comment on this are people reading this thinking it's true like, I need to comment on you know, it so people know, like, what my site is.
1: I think, a big, I, I think a, a big thing we're adjusting to and um, might be related is when there were fewer seasons, we... It's like the new season would happen, and then, like, next week I'd be gigging with those girls. Mm-hmm. You know, the community was still small enough. Small. I remember, like, when Bob was on season eight, it was not, like, you know halfway through season eight airing, I was already working with all the season eight girls, you know, Mm -hmm. we all got to know each other in person. Yeah. And uh, there's so, now there's just countless girls from like, season 11, 12, 13 that I've never met once in person. Yeah. And you know, I always whenever there's a new crop of girls, I send them a hello message and just like, "Hello. I'm here in case you ever want to talk yeah, to me." Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And Jake I, I literally did that too cuz I had all of them on my show um cuz I did like the big build mm-hmm. interview with all of them and literally yeah. when the camera's cut they said I was like, "Hey guys, this is, I, I know, I, I've been in your shoes, a lot of girls have. This is a very tricky thing to navigate. You're getting, probably mm-hmm. getting offers and managers. I was like, here's my number. Any of you can call me or text me anytime if you have any questions about stuff or anything I can do to, if you, like, you yeah. know, whatever to help you navigate because it. it's it's a very hard thing to do. And only at this point, uh, speaking for America, there's only been like 200 of us <laughs> out of the <laughs> 180 million people live in America that have this experience. Yeah. So I was like... Hit me up and any advice I can give you or question you have, I'm willing to answer. Like, I I've always been that. Like I, that's who I was. I was trying yeah. to do for them. So it just seems so it just seems so crazy out of left field.
1: I feel like it was easier, you know, a while ago for us all to be really connected. And now we've got the obstacle of COVID. Yeah. We've got the obstacle of yeah. there's so many of us. And, you know, there's arguably tons of work to go around too, you know. Yeah. So People are really, really busy. It's like it used to feel more like a tight knit sisterhood. And now I don't know that we can achieve that in the same way we used to be able to. So I bet there would be some experiences that might have been different um, if if we got to know each other in person before you know we had we were expected to kind of like talk about each other you know yeah. <laughs> it's hard to go on the pit stop and talk about these girls in a way that's informed other than just what i see on the show you mm-hmm. know yeah. whereas if i were to go on a podcast and talking about like Alaska and detox and people I've known for years my opinions are going to be very different than girls on the new season I haven't met yet yeah. so yeah, maybe sure. some of it's just getting lost in translation that's me trying to make sense of how how my sisters could be fighting
2: <laughs> <laughs> but why can't I we
1: all get along
0: <laughs> and the thing in my life I'm not mad until I'm mad like Patty would tell yeah. that Bob was like I don't, I'm not mad until I'm like really mad like it takes a lot to get me mad when I'm mad bitch I can't shut up and I won't stop talking about it <laughs> And I'm like, fuck you. I don't like you. And that dress really was ugly. And you know what? Your grandmother should have died. You know what I mean? Like, that's I, that's where I but go. But you know,
1: you know, that outspokenness, um, that fearlessness that you're describing is not only directed at your sisters, um, <laughs> your colleagues, but you're also extremely opinionated on social justice issues. And um, I don't know if saying extremely opinionated is the way I meant to say it. It sounds like I'm like, <laughs> she won't shut up no what i mean is you're very vocal about your opinions and yeah. um um you know it's not always easy to be an entertainer and have your opinions be freely offered because you know people always warn you you're going to lose followers and you're going to lose fans oh, sharing sure. your opinions but it's like do i want those people as my fans if they if they don't agree that this is fucked. <laughs> yeah, you know what? And honestly, and I,
0: I re- literally just experienced that like recently. Like I posted about the stuff going on in um between the Israelis and the and the Palestinians, and I post about on my Twitter, and people like a lot of people are like thank you for saying this, like end apartheid and all that stuff but they had a few uh, uh, people commenting like I can't believe you would you don't know what's going on and I'm like this is the equivalent of someone of like during the height of Black Lives Matter movement in America mm-hmm. and someone being like guys I just want the police and the black people to get along like they can just coexist <laughs> and be friends it's like that's that's very All Lives Matter and this situation yeah. is basically the same thing it can't be that these people are living in horrible they're literally being slaughtered and killed so, so you can't have an All Lives Matter approach to that and I'm sorry if you unfollow me because I don't agree this All Lives Matter-esque thing. I'm going to say how I really feel about it, you know, because it's just wrong. And I got a lot of people like, I'm unfollowing you. I can't believe you you support Free Palestine. I'm like, you sound crazy writing this. Bye. I don't want yeah. you to follow me.
1: Well, and I think with this issue specifically, um, it's, I think some people are finding it difficult to separate the people who share a faith mm-hmm. and... A country's government mm-hmm. and if we just look at our own government as an example <laughs> yeah like since when do we think governments are infallible when it comes to the decisions they make and so we can critique the actions of a government without yeah. putting on blast the entire people um Uh, joined with faith you know yeah I know that that government and um a faith-based people are very intertwined but at the end of the day they're a government you know we should be able to critique them like any other government
0: for sure agreed jinx monsoon agreed
1: (laughs) so I do have some I do have some less heavy questions to ask you um I no, like this. Is this, my...
0: this is I, honestly also your voice is very soothing to listen to, so I can't wait to listen back to this.
1: <laughs> I really appreciate it when people say that, um, because I find my voice to be a little grating myself. But, um,
2: um,
1: but you know what's funny? I was recently binge watching The Nanny, and there's this recurring joke about, of course, Fran Drescher is known for her high pitched Long Island nasal voice, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, they have this recurring joke where she says, but some people find my voice very soothing. And so now anytime someone says your voice is soothing, I'm like, oh, is this like the one in 10 people who finds Fran, Fran Richards' voice soothing? <laughs> Mr. Sheffield, no. Uh, oh God, but I love that show. It's so good. it's so clearly like our early, our, our 90s version of I Love Lucy. It's oh yeah, just, for sure.
0: But also, I th- I th- I haven't rewatched the any recently. But a show that I do re- re- watch often is Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. And also um Living Single. And those two shows specifically, like, I watch them now. And I still laugh, like, belly laugh. Because mm-hmm. even though it's obviously so long ago, the jokes are still so funny. And that speaks to how good the fucking writing of these shows were. That even though they, what, at this point, Living Single is 30 years ago. The writing is still so good and still so funny and still so current. I've
1: binge-watched. A lot of sitcoms in in the pandemic. I've been wa I binge watched um Frasier. (laughs) And then for the first time ever, I watched Cheers because Frasier is a spin-off of Cheers. Is it? And then I yeah, I know, I know so many people don't know that, but it is. He's a character from Cheers originally. Um then I um binge watched The Nanny, like I mentioned. And now I am so this is like the weirdest thing I think I've ever done in my life. I'm binge what? watching the show Wings. Oh we- my god! It used to play on the USA Network. I used to watch Wings. I used to
0: watch that show when I was a kid. Oh my god!
1: I it's so crazy. It's, it was like it was like got- a, like a pilot
0: and like an airport, right? Something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's a
1: small it's um airport uh, a small puddle jumper airport in Nantucket. So when you've god gone to Provincetown like and you if you flew on the um puddle jumper. It's like that little airport. And since I'm not in Provincetown this summer, obviously, um, (laughs) it's making me very nostalgic for my Provincetown summers. But ultimately, when you look at what the show is, it's got nothing for me. I don't know why I'm watching it. It's about like, it's a will they, won't they situation between this like tight, uh, buttoned up Pilot and this little sassy um uh, lunch counter <laughs> waitress, mm. and then his brother's like the womanizer, like smooth talking guy, and then they've got the you know the token foreign person from Italy, and then they've yes, got the jerk who's that everyone's friends with, even though everyone hates him, right? And then they've got the idiot savant and the old lady. It's a kooky cast character <laughs> It's, it's
0: very black very strange. All, all, all white people living in a Nantucket. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's Nantuck but uh, <laughs> but it's literally got nothing for me but um, I've been enjoying dissecting the sitcom formula Mm -hmm. you know the like set up the one-two punch of the writing Mm. where it's like it's always like the broken expectation like um oh he's been trying to kill that cricket for hours i just can't wait until he's dead yeah "Yeah, i want that cricket to be dead too oh yeah i was uh talking about the cricket you know (laughs) yeah 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 (laughs) it's like so wait you want that person dead and we're all just (laughs) laughing (laughs) Um but and a lot, like you can dissect the golden girls. It's perfect sitcom writing. I've never
0: seen the golden girls. <laughs> oh I've never seen the golden girls. Not a That episode. is
1: that is like obligatory gay education right there. I notice
0: everyone <laughs> says. Well, apparently not, because it was apparently in the first episode of first season there was a gay character that just got written off. So how gay is it? <laughs>
1: Uh, there, gay characters pop up here and there, you know? but it was
0: one that was going w- <laughs> to be apparently like a mainstay, like one of the core cast. And they're like, "Girl, we do not need his faggoty ass bobbing around here." Bye. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um. Uh, oh my gosh. I'm now. It's like now. I, like, I want to no. Now I want to <laughs> talk about Golden Girls. haven't asked you one of my lighthearted questions. Okay, so okay, let's okay. get to it. Okay. This is my favorite question to ask. Who is your celebrity crush?
2: Ooh,
0: celebrity Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy.
1: Okay. I never watched Grey's Anatomy.
0: I don't either, but I know but that's the show <laughs> everyone knows him from. I've seen him other things. He is like, he's he like the light skinned black doctor guy with like the green eyes. He's beautiful. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful man.
1: And um, is that like a romantic crush? Is that like a you'd marry this person?
0: I would marry him because. Oh, yeah, there is there's Jesse Williams. <laughs> oh my God, That's look at that man. Sexy. Okay, so here are my here are my my things. Uh, uh, um, I, 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 I always wanted to call you Julia <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> Um, Jinx <laughs> I need he's tall he's like six one. that's number one okay. number two he got a good job and again I don't care about a job but he is I watch his Instagram stuff and he's very ambitious and ambition is so sexy to me mm-hmm. like I don't care if you're a busboy if you're a CEO if you're a skateboarder as long as you're ambitious and passionate about that thing I, that's very hot to me he's that yeah. and his um, he used to date a woman who was um, a plus size woman and she was voluptuous like me so that means if he into her
1: he'll be into my night.
0: <laughs> so I'm into it.
1: Um do you have more of a um more of a lust based crush? Like if someone were to be knocking at your door right now with the express purpose to have sex with you and then leave, who would that person be?
0: Oh, still who Jesse Williams be? or Um <laughs> No, I wanna marry Jesse. Just come in and fuck me. Um <laughs> Um, honestly, me fuck them because that's happens. That's how it often be. for Um, yeah, because we mentioned him earlier and he is, his body is immaculate. Ryan Reynolds. So if Ryan Reynolds came, knocked on my door, I'm like, hello, hi. And he just came inside, stepped in a little bit closer to behind him, pulled his dick out and asked me to suck his dick. I would absolutely do it. I would drop on my knees and I would gobble, gobble it, swallow it. I
1: I can everything. say um, I agree, but he'd have to be dressed as Deadpool <laughs> with the scars and the scabs and everything. Everything, included. well, I mean, I, I mean, it's a pandemic. He'll leave the mask on. <laughs> but yes, I I had never seen the Deadpool movies until recently, um, and and then I. I got what it was all about. For so long, there were all these like Deadpool porn parodies popping up, and I was like, "What is it about Deadpool?" And I'm like, "Oh, uh, he's a very yeah. sexy character.
0: Yeah, he's very sexy, and he's also sexually fluid. He fucks guys, girls, uh, yeah, non-binary folks. love that. Yeah, he's 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 everything.
1: Hearing you say, "I'll gobble his cock," <laughs> oh, <laughs> it was the first time I was like, "If Ryan Reynolds were to hear this interview, would I feel good about that?" <laughs>
0: He probably will, girl. Bob and I talk about (laughs) some recent times on our podcast, and they like mention us uh, on. They were like, "I heard." I was like,
2: "What? You? How are are you (laughs)
0: listening to this?" So he probably will. (laughs) Hey, hey, Ryan, I just moved to LA. Um. And, and a
1: very immaculate looking closet behind you. You got all your shoes color coordinated. Oh yeah,
0: I love having my shoes color coordinated. It gives me, it takes me out.
1: This, this is new for me that I actually have space to hang up my costumes, and they're not just wadded in a ball in a pile in my <laughs> basement. So there have been some plus sides to spending all this time at home. <laughs> um, and Mama, what's your what's your go to karaoke song?
0: Oh, and I'm telling you, in the original key, <laughs> Jennifer Hudson version. Not the not the Jennifer Holiday version. Sorry to the older bags mm. out there, but <laughs> the Jennifer Hudson version.
1: Um, I heard, I don't know how true this is, but I heard this from one of my musical theater teachers, um, that uh, Jennifer Holiday, who originated the role on Broadway, yes? hmm mm-hmm. That she, that that show was so physically taxing um, that she said all she had the energy to do every day was sleep all day, wake up in the middle of the day, drink like a two liter of Pepsi, take another nap, and then wake up and do the show. <laughs> That's wow. like all she had the strength to do every day is the show and to drink some Pepsi. <laughs>
0: well, I mean, honestly, that show is such a big show, Jinx. Like, I feel like... Yeah. Like, two of the biggest numbers in the show. And honestly, two just big things for anyone in general happen within, like, 10 minutes of each other. She does, and I'm telling you, the whole thing happens, and she does, I am changing literally, like, 15, 20 minutes later. It's crazy.
1: Oh, just those two songs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Plus, all the other fucking singers like, it's crazy how much how yeah, to, yeah. I, I can imagine being happy.
1: what What was a show um that was like that for you? Have you ever been in a production or done a touring show? Um, what would you consider one of your more physically and emotionally draining performance experiences? You know, <laughs> every, am... every time you talk to Bob? <laughs> <laughs>
0: you know this, girl. Every every conversation with Bob, I feel like I just ran a marathon. I feel like, I'm, at the end, I'm literally, like, tired. I'm physically exhausted. Um, which we literally have to do a podcast tonight, so I'm not looking forward to that. Um, but no, but I'm, I never did a bunch of music theater, but when I did opera stuff, I'm a bass, so anybody trying to hear bass sing that much, of, in, in any opera I've done, the bass has, at the Max, one op one aria magic flute is is a different you got two um and <laughs> like that's it like even in bohama just, just, just one just a little towards towards the end of act three and you're done like that's there's no big singing for basses in opera Except, and <laughs> not unless you're doing Mephistopheles or something like that but so yeah
1: um wh- what was your energy level like um during all stars w- would you say which one was more physically and emotionally draining, your first season or All-Stars?
0: Oh, season 10 was way more emotionally exhausting because, A, I didn't know what to expect. And I used to make fun of all of y'all before me, so every season before season 10. <laughs> I, just, I was like, girl, these bitches are weak. If
2: I oh, went on TV... How could she...
1: Th- why'd she go down the runway wearing that know, outfit? And then, lo and behold, Sponge Gate. <laughs>
0: That and also, I'm like, these bitches are we crying on TV? Like, what are you, five years old? Ugh, girl, these girls have no backbone. They're sorry and sad. Cut to, I literally cried like four times on season 10, just <laughs> sobbing and boohooing. So, you know, the drag race is just so, it's emotionally and physically exhausting. And yeah. so season 10 was like, it, season 10 wore me out. Like, it wore me the fuck out.
1: Yeah, I was pretty exhausted during season five. I was exhausted and I was barely... I, I barely had an appetite the entire time. Mm-hmm. And um, that's... I will say one of the things that we talked briefly about um, weight stuff and being a... I was once a twinky little twinky <laughs> twink. Um, <laughs> when people comment on my weight today or how my body has changed since Drag Race... Um, what What frustrates me is that, in our society, to be skinny is praised, and to be large is demonized and you know we're making progress where that's not true across the board, yeah, yeah. but in general, like people think if you're skinny, you're healthy, yeah, but I was true. like barely eating like when i I'm healthier now at the size I am now than when I was like. Yeah, eating half a meal a day because I was too stressed to lift a fork to my face, (laughs) you know, or or I'd be eating in a corset and I could fit like half a chicken breast in my system, or the
0: food sits all in your chest and you're like, girl, I'm literally gonna if I if you if I move if I tilt my body too much one way, I'm gonna throw up because my food is not even going past my fucking esophagus.
1: It's not not making its way down. Did you say my uh, My mephistophagus? (laughs) Mephistophagus.
0: Yeah, well, I have to say, I—I I mean, I—I I don't have the same experience. When I'm stressed, girl, I probably eat triple the amount I'm to eat. <laughs> I have been a—I was a—I I grew up a fat kid. I lived my adult as a fat. Like I've always been that girl. But then also, I look like at times in my life, like for example, like around 2011, 2011, around 2012, uh, uh, 11, something like that. When I look back at pictures, I remember thinking to myself. Uh, I look so gross. I I feel so fat. I hate mm-hmm. her. And then you look back. I'm like, oh my god, I was way smaller than I am now. <laughs> and
1: I'm like, oh god. I can agree. You know, like I I don't think I even at my thinnest did I ever feel like, oh, I'm sexy and I've got a great body. You For know. Sure. And and I think that. I think that might be a common denominator with drag queens. Not to say that all drag queens have the same body issues. But I think there is a certain... To a certain extent, we're not satisfied yet
2: mm-hmm. until
1: we start doing drag. And whether that's expressing our femininity or celebrating our body in a different way. Yeah. You know, because there are definitely drag queens who are ripped and and, and fit and tight. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but there's got to be something missing in a, in your life when you decide to to cross that threshold into drag, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I remember thinking, like, being very unsatisfied with my body um, back in the day, and now I look at pictures of myself then, and I'm like, you had no idea how good you girl, had. Girl,
0: <laughs> that's true words, girl, true words. Like, I feel that so hard. I
1: feel that so and hard. And I think a, a big thing I was doing back then was comparing my body to other people's bodies. Mm. And... Yeah. Because I always felt like I wasn't thin enough, but I was the thinnest I ever was. And so now I feel a lot. Now I feel, even though um, my body is very different, I don't compare it to anyone else's body. And that helps me love my body a lot more. You know, not saying that I um, am not actively thinking, "Hmm, maybe I could lose a pound or two here and fit into (laughs) one of my old gowns once more and give the kids a thrill, you know? (laughs) <laughs> but for the most part, you know, when you don't compare yourself to someone else, it's easier to um, feel satisfied with who you are. So that's let's let the, that be the lesson we <laughs> we yes, leave our for sure. our listeners with today. Do you have anything you'd like to plug beyond the the myriad of projects we've discussed? <laughs> um,
0: my hair. Can someone give me the, the number to a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Plug these follicles. My girl.
1: experience was great, honey. I'll give you. I'll give you my guy's call. You see, but
0: number. do they do black people hair though? Girl, can you imagine? I go, I come out with a full head of white people hair. People <laughs> like Monet. What happened to you?
1: I. It's your hair. Okay, they, we'll talk. They take I your do that. hair and then uh, <laughs> at at the eleventh hour, let's discuss hair transplants. <laughs> but um, <laughs> well, I just want to thank you so much, Monet Exchange. You are. You're a wonderful friend. You're a talented drag queen. And you've always treated me like a sister. So it's a joy to get to just sit here and talk with you for an hour for other people to listen to. Really As if we question. didn't have enough ego. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well,
0: this is really great. I love this is the, This felt very inside the actor's studio to me. I loved it.
1: Oh, that's what we're going for. So thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, it. Well, We'll get the we'll get the rights to um, bring up that show. But, um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, thank you so much, Monet Exchange, and thank you all for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon, and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at at the Jinx on Instagram, or Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. Um, Where can they follow you, Monet?
0: They can follow me at Monet Exchange. That's M-O-N-E-T, the letter X, the word change.
1: Across all platforms.
0: Everywhere, honey. If you had a Monet Exchange Instagram, I I, I reported it, I blocked it, and I called the people (laughs) and got my name.
1: I thought about I thought about seeing if I could get Jinx Monsoon on Instagram but now I'm attached to the Jinx. I like yeah, the story. I like it too. I like it. I like it. It's great. <laughs> well, thank you everyone for being a part of today's episode and I'll see you next Wednesday for some more Hi Jinx. Forever. Dog. To listen to Hi Jinx Ad free and one day early. Sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Forever Dog and Moguls of Media, aka Mom. Hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon. Produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. And executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Brett Boehm, Big Dipper, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey.